listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Alexandra Nikolajev. She's a pop culture and lifestyle blogger and podcaster. She writes weekly about everything from fashion and beauty to TV and celebrity entertainment. And she also has a weekly podcast called Yeah, We're Basic, where she interviews guests and answers listener advice questions. So welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Go I actually just got back from Toronto on Sunday. You did? What were you doing here? Um, two of my good friends live there, so we ah. had, so I got there on Wednesday and then was there till Sunday. It was so much fun. Oh, good. Um, okay, so I like to kick these off with a little this or that. Just um, so let's dive into that. And the first question is: Are you an early riser or a night owl? I'm an early riser. I like. Have you always been? Yeah, you know what? Uh, growing up, I was a competitive swimmer, so we had oh. 5 a.m. practice. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I like an hour or two by myself before everybody really gets up. So mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm an early riser for sure. And I, I'm in bed early. <laughs> <laughs> How early do you get to bed? Um, like probably 10 or 10.30. I don't necessarily okay. fall asleep that early, but yeah. I'm in bed just trying to wind down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's nothing too crazy. No. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Coffee, coffee. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely coffee. When I'm, whenever I'm like on a trip and no one else drinks coffee and they're just like going through their morning, I'm like, I, my plans today have to wrap Me themselves too. around when I'm getting coffee. So oh that's so funny. You say that I have one girlfriend that I travel with and she's always like, when we wake up, she's like, okay, like we need to get your coffee. I know you can't start your day. She's like, <laughs> so sensitive about it. Cause I call yes. it my go-go juice. It's like, I will never give it up. I don't drink too much of it, but like in the morning I need to start my day with it. Yeah. Well, I actually did give it up for like two or three years because I was drinking four cups a day. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so when I was at university in between my house and campus, there was a coffee shop. And every time throughout the day that I'd walk back and forth, um, I'd be like, well, might as well stop by until I was literally like going to my night classes oh, no. with coffee and I was like this has got to stop so I went cold turkey Good for, for like two or three years just did tea and then missed it like I think coffee is such an experience I love the flavor of coffee like exactly to your point I don't try to drink too much of it but there are times when like I crave it so in the afternoon I'll have a decaf coffee because <laughs> yes I I genuinely like the flavor like I've done coffee tastings like flights and stuff like so I feel Ooh. like it's it's more than just the caffeine for me. <laughs> totally. It's it's a full experience. Exactly. Okay, podcasts or books? Ooh, both. I love podcasts. I mean, I have a podcast. <laughs> I listen to them. But recently, like I just said, I was on this trip. I read like three books when I was away and I forgot. Nice. So I'm getting back on the book train. But what'd you read? I read um, The Wife Between Us and The Woman in the Window. They're kind of like Gone Girl, Girl oh, on the okay. Train type books. And then I read You Are a Badass, which was kind of like... Oh, so good. Yes, so good. So I really, I, I'm back on the book train, but podcast probably if I had to pick. Yeah, More I'm consistent. the same way, but there is like something really exciting about like buying a, a brand new book and like holding it and like, I know and I don't always finish it. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of books on the shelf that like have, you know, 20, 40 pages left, but yeah. I start yeah. them. Exactly. <laughs> the intention is there. <laughs> yes, for sure. Colorful wardrobe or neutral wardrobe? Neutral. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I like, I, I like everything to be able to like go together and put something together really quickly. So I don't tend to have too much color. 
or if I do, Mm -hmm. it's like one or two pieces. So definitely neutral. Yeah. Same. Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Mimosa. Yeah. (laughs) Literally only one person has ever said Bloody Mary on this podcast. So I, I don't drink Bloody Marys and in Canada we have Caesars, Caesars. which is tomato juice, but which I think they taste better than Bloody Marys. They do, but I don't even I don't even like them. I don't know. They're just really heavy. I like a mimosa. Yeah. But if I'm on the plane, I'll always have a glass of tomato juice because apparently it's really good for, like, your swelling on the plane. Wait, no way. Yeah. I just, like, I told my sister this. A girlfriend of mine um, told me this a couple years ago, and, like, it works. It helps. I don't know if it's, like, the salt or whatever is in it, but it helps you not get swollen on the plane. Oh. And so I always have a glass of tomato juice on my flight. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, age, but, like, in the last year and a half, I've noticed that, like, I do get swollen. I, I used to not. But maybe it's age. For sure. I, I'm exactly the same way. And I'm like, if I don't walk around, I'm like, my joints. I feel like I'm yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I have a yoga teacher who, she when she flies international now, she only flies Emirates because they have the prayer room. And so she'll just go in there to just do her stretching. Oh, my gosh. That's so smart. Oh, I know. That's crazy. I've got to start doing that. Yeah. you got to yeah. walk around. Okay. And here's the last one. Takeout or cooking? Cooking, for sure. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a victim. I love Uber Eats as well on the weekends when oh I'm feeling gosh. lazy. But yeah. <laughs> I find cooking really therapeutic. And I just I notice such a difference in how I feel when I know what I'm eating versus something that's prepped for me. Totally. You know? Do you have a like, good go-to meal that you cook? Um, so my like meal that I like to cook for friends or they like me to cook is, uh, a shrimp scampi spaghetti. Mm. Um, so yeah. just like a nice light, fresh pasta. Um, and then I make a really good arugula salad. It's super simple. It's just olive oil, lemon juice, salt and pepper, and some shaved parm. And then you mix that and it's oh like gosh. so simple, but it's so delicious. And it's like such a nice peppery side to a pasta. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Yeah. I think light pastas are just game changers. I know because they're not heavy. Like, and like you don't, you, you enjoy the flavor and it's a lighter flavor and you're not like, feel, you don't feel like you're stuffing your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. I went to an Italian restaurant in Toronto. Um, which one? Well, I wish I could remember the name, but it's in like the old, it's like in an old building, like an old courthouse or something like that. Buca? It was probably Buca. I don't, I can't remember, but I did order, it was like the lemon spaghetti and it was just Mm. like lemon juice, spinach and spaghetti. And it was so good. Oh, that sounds really good. I need to figure out where that is. I want to try that. Yeah. I think it began with a T. Would that make sense? Oh, Taroni? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think so. Maybe. Taroni is in an old building, a heritage building as well. It's probably Taroni. Then yeah, then that's probably it. Um... Anyway, now that we're sidetracked on food, (laughs) now I'm just like thinking about all the meals I had. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's a good food Um, city. Yeah. I realized that I ate so well for lunch that same day that we went there for dinner. We went to Aretta. Yes. Which was beautiful. Super Instagrammable. Very Instagrammable. I don't know if it's like the best food. I've only had lunch there, but it's beautiful inside. I had um, pizza and a soup, so it was like basic stuff. Hard to to mess, mess it up. up. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed. <laughs> but again, like I got some good pictures out of good. it. Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your blog and podcast for a minute. So you talk about pop culture and lifestyle, and I think that that's a really fun combination because yes, like. There's so many lifestyle bloggers, but to throw in the pop culture piece, I think is a really cool way for, first of all, people to really see your personality Mm -hmm. and and just get like a, a fun view of like what's going on outside of like E! News or, you know, those standard ones where like they're kind of invested in certain celebrities and things like that. Exactly. So how did the pop culture piece come into play for you? So it was really funny. Um, I'm like a huge reality TV fanatic and specifically <laughs> the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchises. So <laughs> I would like when the Bachelor would be on, like in every commercial break, I would kind of talk about what was happening, how I felt about it, 
um, during the episode. And I would kind of like do this like live Insta story about the episode, a little breakdown. And I found like people were engaging with me so much and if there were nights, you know, that I had an event or I had an um, obligation that I couldn't watch the show, people would actually write me and be like, how come you're not talking about the episode? Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, there's something here because obviously this is, you know, a pop culture sort of phenomena or vertical that mm-hmm. people are interested and invested in. So I love it. I, I'm talking about it on my socials. Why am I not writing about it too? So that's sort of where it came to be. And then from there, um, you know, I'll do like sometimes little YouTube videos talking about celebrity gossip. If there's like major entertainment news that's breaking, um, you know, I'll kind of discuss it on my social feeds or like do a little write up about it. Um, and I talk about it every week on the podcast. I pick, you know, anywhere from three to four celebrity stories and kind of discuss it either myself and what I'm thinking or with my guests. Yeah. So, um, can we dive into Tristan and Chloe? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I talked about this on my podcast last week and like, I'm telling you, just wait for it. I swear, like, Chris Jenner is this puppet master. The timing mm-hmm. of all of that stuff was way too lined up for there to yes. not be some strategic, you know, background finagling. I swear. Totally. Do you think the same? Yes. Okay. I good. mean, Especially because the photos are from October, right? Yep. So here's what I think. Well, yeah. Like, I feel like they caught wind or they knew about it and they were waiting to release this. Obviously, the Kardashians have really strong ties with TMZ. TMZ exclusively mm-hmm. released those videos. Yeah. I also know, like, from a direct source that she actually had her baby on Tuesday, the day that everything was released, not the Thursday that they said she did. So... I like, I, I feel in my gut and through my sources that this is like (laughs) very much for the show and whether his cheating or not was, but they held on to this information for the purpose of timing everything around the birth of the baby. I agree. I totally agree. Because if, you know, like if they didn't have the relationship with TMZ that they have, then what would stop TMZ from exactly? Totally. And TMZ, exactly to your point with like E! News and the different outlets, like these, um, these outlets like play nice with the celebrities when they have those Mm -hmm. relationships because they want the information, they want the exclusive. So they're not going to go release it before they get the okay because they want to maintain those relationships. That's just my investigative (laughs) celebrity journalism. (laughs) No, I mean, that's what I think as well. I think just waiting for like, the moment where it's like, okay, yeah, Chris Jenner. I mean, we all know Chris Jenner knows exactly what she's exactly. doing. So there's, it's kind of like there's not even a question. Here. I agree. A hundred percent. There's more to that story. And it's for the purpose of, <laughs> because this is what I said. Um, I was like, you know what? I, I watch the Kardashians or keeping up with the Kardashians here and there, but it's like, now mm. I'm going to be tuning into the new season because I want to know what they're yeah. thinking. Like they're so tight lipped in what they share and what they don't. It's so strategic that it's like, yes, now everybody is invested in this next season. They want to know what's going to happen. And there you have your entire season storyline. Exactly. Well, and to your point, I also like, I used to watch it all the time, but in the last few years, I really like, again, just here and there, and they just know how to keep their audience in That's how they've been around for forever. I know. It's like their 11th season. Like, how are they still, like, why are we still talking about them? It's wild. I know. It's incredible. Okay. And so then for The Bachelor, what what's your go-to reality show when you're not watching The Bachelor or when Bachelor in Paradise isn't on in any of those? Oh, man. Okay. So, like, after The Bachelor, I'm... I'm a huge big brother person and no, right now, I don't know. It's just on all the time. Like they have big brother Canada right now. So like normally big brother okay. plays in the summer and they had celebrity big brother earlier this year. Um, but like, I'm also a housewives million dollar listing person. Oh my gosh. I love million dollar listing. Million dollar listing yes. and million dollar listing LA. Uh, like yes. I just, I love it. So I I'm obsessed with Steve gold. Like, it's so, do you know this new guy yeah. on Million Dollar Listing New yes. York? Yes. So hot. Like, yes. not normal. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, 
I love those shows. I love real estate. I loved like, did you, like Bethany and Frederick had a show. Yeah. They just know how to suck me in. They really do. I know. (laughs) I watched the Vanderpump finale last night. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I love Vanderpump Rules too. (laughs) I know. I know. The finale. Is it good? Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes and no. I think part of me is sad it's over. Okay. (laughs) And I'm like ready for next season. That's why I'm like, I didn't want it to end. Do you watch Southern Charm? So I don't, I haven't gotten into Southern Charm. I watched Relationship because it was kind of like bachelory. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But everybody tells me to watch Southern Charm, like of my friends that know how much I love reality TV. Just I don't have time and I need <laughs> to watch it. I'm, I'm going to South Carolina this weekend and I'm like, I should marathon like at least oh my like gosh, yes. this year to kind of like get in the mood. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's your homework for after this podcast. I'm doing it tonight while I'm packing. I'm going to start watching Southern charm on demand. You have to. You've inspired me. Is it good? Yes. It's so good. Okay. Also, it's one of those. So my ex and I actually used to watch it because for some reason, guys, it's like the one Bravo show that guys somehow oh, like get it. Yeah, I think because, like, they go golfing. Uh, yeah, because the men are, like, oh. like, they're, like, all American men, right? Like, they can, you know, yeah, go to their cocktail yeah, oh, parties yeah. and drink and have drama, but they're also doing manly stuff like that. Exactly. They're going fishing and, yeah, yeah. all that. So maybe that's why. But what's your favorite Real Housewives franchise? I love New York or Beverly Hills. Like, yeah, I feel like, you know... Atlanta, Potomac, Orange County, they kind of like take a back seat to the glamour and drama. I feel like yeah. Beverly Hills in New York, like they've become bona fide celebrities. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And they're like yes. truly goals. Like I would feel like I made it if I were on I know. either of those. <laughs> and it's funny now, like I think someone was saying uh, housewives in New York, like none of them are housewives. Like none of them are wives. <laughs> Are any of them married anymore? That's so true. I don't know. I don't know if this season any of them are um, actually married. No. So it's really funny. No. <laughs> because no, Luann could have been. I mean, Tom, he obviously. I can't believe that didn't work out. <laughs> I mean, shocker. <laughs> but I do love, uh, I love, I love Bethany and I love New York, but Beverly Hills, I, I really love LA and I go there quite a bit. So I feel like because I'm familiar yeah. with where they are and everything, I'm like, I feel a sense of closeness to the Beverly Hills ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. But that's such a good point about New York and how none of them are married because I didn't even realize that until he said that. I guess Dorinda like is in like a John, John? not sketchy relationship like everyone else. But But even getting to know their relationship was kind of weird. It's like they don't live together. Like, he, he, they see each other like a few times a week and I get it. That's like what she likes. Yeah. But I'm like, so bizarre. I know. I know. <laughs> Gotta love him. <sighs> I know. Um, what has been like the most fun part for you about, you know, like sharing with everyone your point of view on what's going on in pop culture? I think the most surprising thing for me was the feedback. Like I, you know what? I was just talking about something I liked for like social content and it was just something I was interested in, but then seeing or hearing people come back to me, like asking where I was or like having these conversations with my audience, like, you know, so often I'm like, how am I going to engage with my audience or am I talking about enough things that they like? Am I asking enough questions? And like, the fact that I get so much feedback and such consistent feedback on a weekly basis when I'm like talking about situations like that is is my obsession. You know what I mean? Like it just makes me feel like I found my niche. I found my tribe and I really enjoy it and passionate about having those conversations with my audience. What would you say is like the main thing that is the reason why you were able to create the audience that you have right now? I think for me, I mean, I've been blogging for a long time. I've been blogging since 2011, 2012. So it's been a while, but Mm. I think the main thing for me was, or were two things. So when I started, it was kind of like before Pinterest and I was just kind of like keeping a hub of things I liked. So like interior 
design mm-hmm. images, recipes, um, you know, fashion, stuff like that. Um, and then on the other side of that, so like I wasn't an expert in anything. It was just kind of me like picking things that I liked and I guess people that resonated with people. And then on the flip side, it was like when I started posting my own outfits and when I stopped trying to speak like other bloggers like Cupcakes and Cashmere or Atlantic Pacific, when I started yeah. talking in my own voice is when I really noticed like my page views and my analytics and everything and that audience building. And I was like, I'm being myself. And the more that I'm being myself and the more that I'm talking like myself, the more it's resonating with people. And I think that transparency um, kind of like comes through for people. Totally. Do you feel like when, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, like from aspiring bloggers and they're like, why like am I not being seen or heard or anything like that do you think the main thing is like well you have to like show up in your own voice I think so yes so I mean I think now there's so much saturation with Instagram like there's micro influencers bloggers um you know just Instagrammers like there's so much saturation that it's hard to stand out and what I always encourage people when they do ask me is just be consistent, you know, because to your point in that consistency is how you develop your voice. And in developing your voice, you're going to start feeling more confident in what you're writing. That confidence is going to resonate with an audience. And like, you just have to keep going. And I think through that, and like I said, being engaged and asking for feedback and taking that feedback and building on it again, you're going to continue to like revise and refine and find your own style and ultimately your own brand. Yeah. I feel like you just summarized my (laughs) years at university studying uh journalism and public relations because it's so true like in order to develop your voice you just have to write you it just has to be just doing it over and over again and then it's something that just develops and then you know from there you have to be open to like literally i mean i should have just interviewed you on my podcast and saved for my parents two hundred thousand (laughs) dollars <laughs> but it's true. It's like you constantly have to work. It's just a consistency. It's like it's like working out. It's like any practice, right? Like it's consistency. You just have to maintain it. And like I said, the biggest thing that I just went through last year, like in ending the year and this year going full time in sort of like my blogging and writing is that refining it, right? Like I refined my whole brand. I took a whole step back and I was like, okay, what am I actually doing here? And like, what value am I bringing to people that I also find joy and passion in, right? Like there has to be that cycle. And so I feel like, yeah, it's through that writing and through that consistency that you go back and refine and build on that. Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember, like, what does your audience go to you for and how can I like keep providing that for them because it can't just be like a dear diary exactly kind of thing and I think a lot of people get lost in that and just thinking like oh I'll just write whatever and then my audience of course like will just adapt to that and it's you know when you're putting that business hat on and like you're really running something that is more than a hobby the end of the day it has to be about the consumer too exactly and that's why I ask questions and I ask for that feedback because I don't want to write about things that it's just how I feel that day. I want to write about things that people want to read as well. Like there has to be value for your audience. Hands yeah. down. What's your favorite way to kind of ignite those conversations with your audience? Is it through Instagram polls, stories? Yeah, so I do a lot through Instagram polls and Instagram stories. Um, I find just that people feel more comfortable direct messaging me in private, mm-hmm. um, whether it's like questions about skincare, about fitness, about, you know, celebrities, this, that, or the other. It's like definitely through those private conversations. Um, and then like a lot of the times I just ask kind of like my, my circle or like my close friends or even other blog, like I'll have my blog community, right. That I'm tight knit with that I can say, Oh, like, what have you guys thought about like what I've been writing lately? Or like when, like, what are three things that you think about when like you think about like my online brand or my online persona? Like I do kind of have those checkpoints quarterly Mm -hmm. where I'm like, taking into consideration like the image that I'm projecting online and also like what people want that image to be. Right. Yeah, totally. And I mean, you're basically doing market research and that's one of the things that I really emphasize to my clients is 
just because research, quote-unquote, sounds boring, like, it doesn't mean skip it. And doing the research can actually be the thing that really, like, takes things to the next level because you're going straight to the source on what needs to be created. You don't have to be, like, in the back of your head, like, spinning your wheels, like, should I do this or this or it's a time saver, honestly. Exactly. And I know that it can be scary. And I know you think like nobody will respond or whatever, but yeah. it's like people will, people have opinions and they love being asked their opinions. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So then transitioning from the blog over to the podcast. So that's a new platform. So how has your strategy changed from, you know, focusing on your blog and your content to this new platform that's less writing, it's audio, and it's just on a different place. So I think one of the interesting or hardest things to adapt with the podcast was like when I started it last year, I kind of was just like, oh, I'm going to exactly to your point of how we just discussed, right? I was like, oh, I'm just going to talk about whatever I want for 30 or 40 minutes. Like (laughs) it'll be fine. And I think what I realized is I needed to set more of a structure to it where, you know, there were segments, um, what was like the actual focus or end goal of this weekly podcast? Like, what Mm -hmm. am I getting out of it? What am I giving to my listeners? Um, so the format of it is different, right? Because you're covering different segments. Like I'm doing everything from talking about myself in an intro to talking about those celebrity stories to interviewing guests to answering listener questions. So it's like there's all these different pockets and making them conjoined and blend together. Um, Mm -hmm. And then obviously tying that into things that are happening on the blog as well so that people know that there is that consistency there. So it was definitely hard for me. And that's why I kind of took a step back this year and rebranded it to the Yeah, We're Mm -hmm. Basic podcast because I needed to kind of define what that niche was. And to be honest, it's like I'm a basic girl. Like I love like (laughs) overpriced workouts, like soul cycle. I love like Rose. I love reality TV. Like, and I (laughs) I don't want to apologize for that anymore. Like pretend that I'm not like, I'm just so basic. And I found like so many people are basic. So many girls, guys, (laughs) whatever, like we're just like a community of basic chicks. (laughs) And so like, let's stop apologizing and just embrace it. And so that's what I try to like tie into everything. You know, I talk about celebrity news. I talk about reality TV shows. And then the guests that I have on are either experts in like any of those categories that I might feature on my blog in that lifestyle area. So fitness, fashion, beauty, relationship, um, reality and stuff like that. And then obviously whoever I have on as a guest, um, I'll answer advice questions based on that. Yeah. I love that. So when it comes to growing your podcast, do you feel like you have to now put all your energy into growing that from the ground up or just rely on your blog audience to migrate over? I really thought that I could rely on my blog audience, but it's, it's definitely different. Like it's really, I I need to be, and I have been now really starting to focus on building this new audience because what I've recognized with the podcast is not everybody is still on, like is on the podcast train, right? Like it is kind of still a new medium for, um, I guess like mainstream, it's starting to gain more presence and more traction. But even last year, it was like a lot of people didn't listen to podcasts. Um, and if they did, it was kind of only like big celebrity ones, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think that what I've really focused on is harboring and nurturing this, this niche and this community and trying to really build and speak to them directly. And from there having hopefully that ripple effect um, through their communities as well. And like I said, asking a lot of feedback, like, what do you guys want to hear? Who are dream guests? Like stuff like that and building on it that way. So I think some people have migrated over, but definitely less than I anticipated. I thought it was like, Oh, I'll walk into this podcast and it'll be great. Everyone will listen, but it's certainly been more, um, building and more of a foundation I've needed to set. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's helped me also be really strategic about how I define the brand because it's different. And one of the things, so I kind of ran into something similar and 
I did a survey for my audience and one of the questions was like, how do you prefer to like consume content? And I, and then I had like this aha moment after I was going through it. It's like, wait, some people just like naturally prefer reading over audio and vice versa. Like there's just certain types of people who want to consume in different ways, like video or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why like some people prefer a blog post to a podcast. But exactly. It's just like remembering again, like, yes, we're lucky that we do something that's like so creative and fun and like our being ourselves. But there is that component that's like, okay, if I were the VP of marketing at Coca-Cola, would I just be making a decision based on my intuition and what I felt like doing? Exactly. <laughs> or like understand really where the market's at. And I honestly, I started podcasting because people were like, oh, you know, you're funny on your stories. Like you should do YouTube and stuff like that. And I've done YouTube, but mm -hmm. I like, I like the podcast segment. I like the interview component. I like people yeah. feel comfortable because they're not being filmed. Like exactly to <laughs> what you're saying. Some people just aren't comfortable like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, I don't know. I enjoy the format myself and I think that I'm growing that audience and I'm finding my audience, but it definitely, it was different than I anticipated. Yeah. I love, yes. I love being able to have my hair in a bun and no makeup. I know. And, <laughs> and it not, not be a problem. problem. <laughs> Anytime I do YouTube, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I know. It's like, I get ready to sit in my house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For the longest time, I was like, okay, do I want to go back to YouTubing or do the podcast? And honestly, it really came down to like knowing I could be more consistent with the podcast because of the getting ready part. And that's it. You be honest with yourself, man. Like you have to be yeah. honest with what you're willing to do and what you want to build on. Absolutely. So throughout your journey, I mean, you've been blogging for forever but when did you have like that, oh my God, I did it. I made this happen moment. Oh man, for the blog, I think, think, let me think. So, oh man, this would have been a while ago, maybe like three years ago. I did like a big campaign with CoverGirl that was kind of like, you know, like shot on a set. They filmed us in a studio, ran commercials, like... And when I saw myself like on YouTube, on TV, and I was just kind of like, whoa, this is crazy to me. You know what I mean? That anybody yeah. would care about me. And then through that same thing, then I was asked to come on like one of our morning talk shows and talk about like how to give the perfect selfie. Like I always incorporate selfies into my Instagram feed mm -hmm. um, and social. And so like then being invited to speak on camera and like do live television, I was like, whoa. I'm like, yeah. this is like something that I could do and something that I'm good at. And so that was definitely an aha moment for me. How did you feel like you were ready to finally like make this your full-time thing? Was it something that was scary or you just like were like, I got this. I'm just going to do it. Um, I think it was scary. I think always having the cushion of a full-time job was nice. But I think on the flip side of that, Anytime I was transitioning through jobs or from one job to another, the blog was always there as mm -hmm. that cushion, if that makes sense. So like yeah. they both played a role and I just, I got to a point now where I have, you know, I'd, I'd met with like managers about representation. I had other people coming to me, asking me questions and I was like, okay, I've been doing this for a while and the way that I am is I'm a hustler, right? Like I can mm -hmm. wrangle this up and I can make it work for myself. And there's no better time to try than now. Like I've built up my work resume. If anything happens, I can like go back to that. You know what I mean? But yeah. I want to try this and I want to go for it and do it for myself. So yeah. I'm slightly risk averse, but I also know myself. And I think I've built up the confidence that I feel like I've got this. Yeah. I love that because I mean, it really comes down to like, Again, you knowing yourself, if you know yourself, you know how you're, you're going to handle it no matter which way it goes and that you're going to be okay no matter where it goes because you do know yourself and you know how to, you know, handle the situation. Exactly. I think if you don't have that, then, you know, don't do it because, you know, being an entrepreneur, having your own business, doing all that, like at the end of the day, it really 
does come down to how well you know yourself and can make decisions based off of that. I feel I forget I was watching a panel and somebody said, you know, the only difference between um, a successful person and a failure is like the person that like failed 10 times got up the 11th time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and yeah. so it's so true. And I think that we're so afraid of failing and what that looks like to other people that some people often don't even try. And I feel mm -hmm. like you just, you got to try. You owe it to yourself and your life to just try. It's so true. I will get emails from girls who started their blog and they're about to give up. And I ask how long they've been doing it for. And they're like three months. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I started my first blog in 2009. Like three months into 2009, like I was still super embarrassed to tell anyone I even had a blog. I know. It's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so crazy. But it's like, yeah, like you just have to really tap into that like your why, like the reason you want to do this is so strong that even if the next two years, like you have your mom liking your Instagram yep. post and that's it, like you still show up because it's just that important to you. And like also like when you have a full-time job and we can talk about this for a little bit, like balancing the full-time job and the blog, I remember being up till 2 a.m. some nights writing blog posts just because like it lit me up so much. And a lot of people will say, like, well, I have a full-time job, so I can't start my blog yet. And I'm like, it just depends how badly you want it. Totally. I mean, I remember, like, exactly the same thing, right? Staying up late or getting up early to write a post or, like, staying home on Saturday nights, like, writing back yeah. to the pitches to send out, like, Monday or Tuesday. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like the sacrifices, and I say that in quotations like don't feel like sacrifices when you're hungry and passionate about it mm -hmm. right and when you you're willing to do that for yourself like if you're going to do it for somebody else you can do it for yourself it's just like having that passion and that hunger to make those sacrifices yeah what's like your your big why like the thing that just keeps you motivated year after year to make this happen I think for me like everything that I've done and everything that has kind of propelled from the blog has always come from a place of passion. Like I started it because I was curious. I wanted just like a little space for myself and I loved writing. And in my like corporate world, I didn't have that creative outlet. So I mm -hmm. wanted that creative outlet that I was just passionate about. And like from even just having that hub of like keeping links that I liked and stuff like that, or speaking in like a couple paragraphs about it, as I developed my like writing style and my writing sense, I, I really love the writing. And so many people have come back to me even in like the last two years. And they're just like, I love how you write, or I wish I could write like you, or, you know, they're like, I don't even read blogs anymore, but I'll read yours because I like, I find it so funny or, and I'm just like, when you get that kind of feedback and you know, like how much fun you had coming up with that idea or with that, like written post or anything like that passion and that like excitement that you get from putting pen to paper is kind of what drives me to everything. And even now with yeah. the podcast, like I get a rush when I interview guests or even like have these conversations, like we would have never crossed paths yeah. had it not been. And I've made all these amazing connections and it's like, it's just a ripple effect in this like spiral of awesome energy that I get to surround yeah. myself with in this community. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's just so true and cool that there's an outlet for this. And I mean, just like you, I needed a creative outlet too. And that's what, even when I was in quote unquote, my dream job, like my blog was always like something that I still felt so connected to and tied to that. Yeah. And I think also it's just a reminder for anyone listening who like is having those moments or like they're second guessing their blog or starting a blog. And it's like, okay, what is it that you're truly passionate about and excited about? And going from there rather than what you're seeing other bloggers are doing that works and you think that's what you have to do because it seems to be working for them. Exactly. Totally. And 
you know, I would have never thought to jump out and like start writing about pop culture and entertainment news and celebrity culture, but it was like something that resonated that I just started doing. And now I'm kind of creating this unique segment of my lifestyle category for my audience and myself. And it's really cool. Totally. Do you feel like you've always been like really confident and sure about your path in the blogging industry or did you ever have those days where you start comparing yourself to um, other bloggers and what they're doing and maybe questioning what you're doing? Oh, I constantly have those days. Like I think, you know, I, I see so many in like our Toronto community. There's so many bloggers that are kind of like they follow almost like a template, right? Like it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. a shot of your coffee, a shot of flowers, a shot here in the city. Yeah. And (laughs) it's like, it works. Brands love it. They eat it up. And you know what? I just, I don't win every single campaign. I'm not on like every single, uh, like I don't work with every single brand and every opportunity that is presented or I'm pitched for, but I feel so strongly in my work and what I do and the fact that I am different and it makes me unique. And ultimately like I'll have my day in the sun. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do. It's, it's hard not to just be like, Oh, well, should I do that? Or, you know, I've had certain brands come back to me and be like your quality of like your photo quality, like isn't uh, what we're looking for, or, you know, you don't have 50,000 followers and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if that, if that's the feedback, like if you, if you wanted me to have 50,000 followers, I could go buy 50,000 followers tomorrow. Right. But yeah. that's not the, like, that's not my brand and that's not what I'm trying to put out. So I just, I feel strongly in doing what you're doing, work with your audience, work with like what they want to see and the rest will follow. I truly feel that in my gut and it's worked out for me so far. And I just, I, anytime I feel myself comparing, I remind myself of that, right? It's like, you are you, they are them. It's different. And you will have like the people that are right for you and they will find you. That's so good because, okay, there's billions of people in the world. Like you can't tell me that there's not, the person who resonates with you over anyone else. And that's what I try to like really remind people of and remind myself of like, there's just so many people in the world that like by you standing out and like, you know, using your voice, like there's someone out there who's like waiting for your voice that they're not finding because they're not resonating with the other people. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, obviously when there are a lot of people that are really similar, it's, it's a nice alignment. And I think that's how brands see mm-hmm. it now, but ultimately yeah. as we grow and, you know, things continue to, sh- to change and shift, like there will be times and there is already an audience that, you know, relates to me. And I think <laughs> you just got to keep going. Cause like I said, like there was no harder thing to do than try to write or sound or be like somebody else. The way that my creative energy worked best was when I was myself and I don't ever want to go back to the other way just because it might like make other people like me more. There are people, there's enough people that like me, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So what are your thoughts kind of on the future of blogs themselves? So it's so hard for me, right? Because I think from a business perspective, I've had so much feedback being like, oh, we only care about Instagram. We only care about Instagram. Yep. And with that, I feel like, yeah, that's a huge thing. And I, I've noticed, you know, people are starting to write longer captions. They're having like micro blogs, like I said, like within an Instagram feed. And I think that that's great. And I think that that's certainly a stepping stone, but we don't control Instagram. We don't control Facebook. We don't control those platforms. And you have no idea what the future will be. Like, look at what we're seeing with Facebook in the news, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I feel confident that just like any, you know, journalist sticks to their writing, sticks to broadcast, sticks to everything. Like there, it will always be a medium that's there, whether it's like the main medium or not. And I Mm -hmm. think having something that is holistically your own, that you own, is um, massively beneficial and massively important to our kind of like creative platform of this whole social digital age as a whole, because you have creative control and complete ownership over that space. 
Yeah, I think that's such good advice. And I think, you know, if you are in the blogging influencer space, like keep up with the current events because um, I talked to a lot of people who like didn't like even pay attention to like the hearings or anything like that with Facebook. And it's like, there's some nuggets in there that kind of help you like see like what's maybe going to happen next. Exactly. And I mean, look at Snapchat, right? Like what if somebody had built an entire identity on Snapchat and Snapchat now is completely like, unfortunately, you know, crumbling under this Instagram Mm -hmm. story guys, like they're, they were a front runner and now they've fallen so far behind. They can't keep up. Like, so I think that to your point from a business standpoint, because in my career, you know, I worked at Google, I worked at Amazon in Mm -hmm. that digital advertising side. I understand Mm -hmm. it from a platform perspective as well and a business standpoint on the platform side. Um, and I know the industry and the space, but I think that a hundred percent, like keeping a pulse on what's happening on that business side is so important. And you never know, like, Instagram was not here, I don't know, 10 years ago. Like you don't know how it's going to change and what's going to shift. The one constant for me has always been my blog. Yeah, it's so true. And also like the drama, I think that comes with Instagram with like the algorithm and all that. I'm like, I don't have time Mm -hmm. to like get sucked into that. But the the other piece to that too is, you know, like because the third party apps have had to really change, like even like to know it has had to change, adjust their model. Exactly. And you know, you just can't put all of your eggs in one basket because you just, you it's don't not know. Yours. Exactly. You have no idea. It's kind of wild. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it keeps things interesting and it keeps the industry evolving. And you know, like I'm so for that just because when technology evolves, like, so many more opportunities come to play. But again, I really do think it's like, don't put all of your eggs in one basket, but when there's something that's truly yours, whether it's your email list or your blog, like just be, don't give that up just because of what's quote unquote trending. Exactly. Agreed. Cause it's trending for a reason. <laughs> exactly. No, you're so right. <laughs> so, okay. So, to wrap this up, I love to ask my guests two questions. Um, they're more lifestyle questions. So the first one is, what did your morning routine look like today? This morning, I, what did I do? I got up. I So something I've started doing instead of like reaching for my phone and going directly to emails and um, Instagram, I like put a couple articles that I want to read. So I actually read like a GQ article on Sebastian Stan because I like love him. (laughs) (laughs) Normally I try to like find something motivational or positive, but like I read a GQ article on this like cute guy. (laughs) It counts. I'm like internet boyfriend, boy crazy. It's so funny. (laughs) But I read that article and then I had my coffee and I went to the gym. So I went to the gym first thing this morning just to kind of like... I'm a bit jet lagged and I'm trying to like start my day with some energy. So I did that. And then I came home and Tuesdays I normally spend like on emails, doing a lot of pitching, sending schedules. So that was how I spent my morning. Love it. I love the, um, having the articles ready for you in the morning. Yeah. So they're kind of like things that I want to read that I found either on the weekend or, um, I've been like saving up and it's just, it's nice to start kind of like your brain functioning with something that you're already excited about. So you're kind of more alert, more awake. And normally when they are more kind of like motivational or business related, it really kind of pumps you up for the day. You know what I mean? But even still something like this, that was like a bit more light and fluffy. Like it is, it just, it makes you more excited to get up because you're like, Ooh, I get to like read this now. Like, yeah, just a little more stimulating Um, than going on Instagram and then just being like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's so true. I'm going to try that. Try it. I'm going to prep my articles tonight and then read them it's in the morning. It's really, it's helped me a lot. Like you, you kind of like bounce up more. Don't press yeah. snooze as much. <laughs> uh, I hit snooze like seven times. I know. <laughs> it's, it's real, real so adult like. So bad. <laughs> I'm like, if my parents knew like what time I get up sometimes, I'm like. <laughs> but, but hey. They don't have to know. Uh, You're getting the job exactly. done. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And so the second one is, what is your favorite lifestyle hack? 
So this can be just any tip or trick you have up your sleeve with anything. Oh, man, my favorite lifestyle hack. I mean, okay, there's one thing, like, I use Vaseline on, like, everything. Like, Vaseline as, like, lip balm, Vaseline on my skin before I, like, go on the plane just to, like, I don't like that air. Vaseline, you know, if I'm, like, need to put a little on my eyelids if I don't want eyeshadow, like, Vaseline works for everything. It's kind of like a beauty hack. Okay. Um, and then what else? I mean, I think the other thing that I kind of spoke about earlier is the tomato juice on the airplane. Yeah. That's like a big one. Even my sister is in like fitness. She's a personal trainer. And I told her that uh-huh. and like I pulled up some articles for her and she was like in shock. So that's, I'll, I'll stick with that one too. Oh my gosh. So good. Tomato juice on an airplane, tomato juice with ice. You definitely want ice in it. It's a little thick oh. without it. <laughs> <laughs> What about with alcohol in it? Does that yeah, keep sure. purpose? Of course. Okay, no. it still works. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? If you're traveling, you're on vacation, got to do what yeah. you got to do. Yeah, I will say, like, I, I'm i not, like, an early morning flight drinker, though. When I was flying to Toronto, I was on a 6 a.m. flight, and the guy in front of me ordered a Jack and Coke. Oh, my and gosh. I was like, that's a little aggressive. <laughs> that's <is> so aggressive. <laughs> Like, I can't actually even wrap my mind around no. drinking that 6 at 6 a.m. Like, I get it. Some people, they have that mentality, right? Like, once you get yeah. to the airport, time is lost. But, like... Exactly. But no. I know what time it is. So that's too early, babe. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's rethink this. And it's, like, a short flight, too. It's, like, an hour and a half flight. Oh, my flight. gosh. So yeah. Exactly. So, I got in at, like... Seven, eight. Still early in the morning, so it's like now you just really just kicked off your day. Oh my <laughs> lord! <laughs> yeah, so I was just so confused by that, but hey, no judgment. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, well, where can everyone find you? Um, okay, so they can find me. My blog is imalittle dot com, like I'm a little teapot. So imalittle dot com, um, and on Instagram at Lex Nico, um, and. If they also are interested in my podcast, the Yabber Basic podcast, I have a private mm-hmm. Instagram that's just Yabber Basic, um, where they can join and we kind of have more private candid conversations on there. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to link all that in the show notes for y'all so you don't have to do any Google searching. Thank you. But, <laughs> yes, keeping it easy. But thank you so much. This was so fun and we have to connect the next time I'm in Toronto. 100%. We will go get drinks. It'll be yeah. lovely, and we'll eat yeah, our faces off. <laughs> yes, please. Also, I'm in LA all the time too, so we're gonna know. meet up. <laughs> it's yes, happening. Thank sure. you for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com/podcasts.